Hi, everybody, and welcome to Phillies Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined once again by Phillies Director of Fun and Games, the melancholy John Brazier. The melancholy? Why am I melancholy? <laughs> well, it's the last weekend, oh, John. Yes, all right. don't, don't you, how do you feel? This time of uh, you know, the baseball season, we're winding down. Whether it's a winning season or a losing season, do you have a certain feeling that I, I get um, hit with a little bit of melancholy? Uh, Two things. One, little conflicting feelings, to tell you the truth, Tom. Uh, I'm actually looking forward, i got to tell you. Now, I'm obviously bummed that we're not making the playoffs. I'm bummed that we uh, did a swoon in September, um, that this last weekend series against the Atlanta Braves did not have any meaning. Uh, that's the bummed out part. Um, the uh, I'm a little, i got to say, there's part of me that's looking forward to starting on Sunday at 6.05. <laughs> or whenever the game ends on Sunday. I'm looking forward to getting uh, my weekends back, my, my weeknights back, and my a uh, little more family time. Uh, but then again, I say that every year, and then one week after the season ends, I'm bored to tears, <laughs> and I, I, you know, yeah. it's meetings, as you know. It's meetings, 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 and I like the action of the, of the games, and that's the fun part of the job and all this stuff that goes around. You never know what your day is going to be like, and I, I miss it after one week. So I, I, I'm a little yeah. happy that it's over, but then I'm – bored after a week yeah i mean that's a good take on it uh we are here because of the game so yep. in the off season it's like it can get boring i know it's a long season so to come to the, to an end and i don't know i walk around i usually walk around uh the ballpark you know on the last day and say goodbye to some of our game day people um you know i, I like taking maybe i'll take a picture or two uh you know i get i just get this feeling you know like the opening day is complete opposite. You're just excited. There's right. anticipa anticipation. And then, but there's a certain feeling for like the last weekend, the last day here that, uh, you know, it's a little sad, but. Well, especially, uh, and especially because McFadden's is closing. This is the last, last day or last weekend of McFadden's. Right? Last weekend of McFadden's. Both you yes. and I, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, spent a lot of time <laughs> at McFadden's. Right? Yeah, 15 years. You know, when, when we first heard that, job, remember they were building this ballpark and we're like, wait a minute, they're putting a bar in the ballpark? Like, we never had anything like that at the vet. And um, it had a great run, didn't it? It did great run. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got some great memories there. Now, uh, you know, it, it's funny, too. Back then... Um, or I should say, when the ballpark opened, um, some of our players and the other team players would go there and hang out. Now, I guess because of social media and mm. because of the cell phones, no players go there. And it's just, I think they're just, they don't want to be out in public and someone take a sh uh, you know, picture of them drinking a beer and saying, oh, that's why they went 0 for 4 because they were, they were out getting hammered even though you know, they might have just had one beer. And it's a shame. I used to take Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner Billy would Wagner always be down there. Fads, yeah. And Rowan would go down there. Uh, and I remember like the whole Houston Astros. I remember the Astros, before we got Roy Oswalt, um, I think Billy Wagner introduced me to Roy Oswalt. And I said, what do you think of Philly? This is before he signed here. He said, Oh, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, this town's pretty tough. Like he just didn't like it. Yeah. And so I'm. And so when we were talking about getting Roy Oswald, I'm like, he's never coming. I talked to him, at McFadden. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, that's, yeah. he came to me. Maybe to it Phil's. was McFadden's. Maybe yeah. he thought, you know what? They got that really cool place. It's sitting in the bank park. And there used to be bands there. Remember? I like, was just gonna say you partied with. Well, we both partied with uh, Mini Kiss. Mini Kiss. Yeah, very politically incorrect. <laughs> uh, Mini Kiss. Uh, and I do remember the the, the manager who uh, said, uh, oh. By the way, these guys can do any band. If you want them to do Lady Gaga, we can do Lady Gaga. Like basically, his 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 business was basically take these. What's the proper way of the um, vertically? 
vertically <laughs> challenged <laughs> musicians and and make them in any band. Just, yeah, yeah, sure. I guess get them in different getup, and <laughs> and next thing you know, they can be Led Zeppelin, they can be whomever. So yeah, that was a good night with many. But kids. yeah, we've had a lot of different bands there, and yeah. we've had. Uh, just a lot of, we've always, like, remember Retro Night? We'd always take the Retro Night people and all the characters. We'd all come down there and have some fun, so. Yeah, I mean, and in the when we were on that run of five years or so, John, you, you couldn't get in that place, and it was a real happening. You know, you'd go in after a game, and it'd be packed, and, uh, you know, people were really fired up about the Phillies, you know. Well, I know next year there's going to be a new concept. It yeah. hasn't been announced yet, and uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool in the sense that there's going to be a lot of changes, and I think it needed a little revamping. Yes, and no uh, And hopefully we can get back to that uh, next year as we're uh, celebrating maybe the uh, great offseason of free agency and trades. How about that? Oh, I like it. We will have a lot to celebrate at the beginning of next year, John. Speaking no of question. celebrate, how about Go this? Ahead. You should be all excited as the best friend of the Fanatic, and I can't wait to talk to Jim Jackson when he comes on the air. What's that? Because the Flyers unveiled Gritty. Oh. How about that? Well, now we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, when Jim comes in here, we got uh, to get his opinion about that uh, on Gritty because we talked about it last week a little bit. And I, but do we we didn't see Gritty though? Last we week. hadn't seen him. But right. John, I said that it was going to kind of look like Flex. I had seen some diagrams or some drawings. Yeah. And I thought, oh, it's going to look like that character from uh, the Phantoms. And that's what I thought they were going to come out with. I actually talked to the best friend of Gritty before they unveiled it. And I, I, he didn't want to give me any indication what it looked like. It was kind of everything was under wraps. And when, when, when Gritty first came out, I'm like, wow. The wow, Flyers yeah. went all in oh, yeah. with this concept. And, you know, it's very much fanatic-like in that it's a creature. You know, yeah. it's not a, it's not a, a guy, you know, uh, you know, just skating around the ice with a, you know, hot dog shooter. I mean, this is a real character, um, which I just think it lends itself and the possibilities are endless. I think when everybody first saw it, it was like, oh, my gosh, it's shocking. But now I'm telling you, John, when you see him on video, the now tide, he was the on tide, the Tonight Show. The tide show. has turned. He, it, the tide has turned. They've kind of embraced. They knew they were going to get hammered. I've talked to some people yep. over there. They knew they were going to get hammered. Everybody gets hammered in Philadelphia. Yeah. But this, the idea of it had such a remarkable introduction. They had 10 million uh, hits online, 10 million in one day. He had 60,000 followers like on Twitter. Good morning, America. Good Good morning, America. Night. Yes, and I think everybody's kind of embracing the uh, the grittiness of him. And you know, he's not the prettiest character, but there's a lot. I think they the, can do a lot with it. The best is, I'm telling you, the next day. Yeah. I don't know if you read the comments. If you went on yes. Philly.com yes. or you, whatever website you went on and yeah. read an article, the comments were absolutely priceless. So there was one that was going around saying, "This is what happens when UConn. Well, what happened between yeah. UConn Cornelius and the, <laughs> the abominable snowman? snowman. Oh you know, because UConn gosh. Cornelius has a red beard. Yeah. Yeah. Another one said, uh, one of my favorites was, it's as if the abominable snowman uh, did a bunch of crystal meth and, and <laughs> rolled around in a big giant bag of cre uh, cheese puffs. Yeah, powdered cheese puffs <laughs> right. or something. Yeah. I mean, well, you know what? The Flyers, they actually considered what Jimmy uh, found, not Jimmy found, Jimmy Kimmel does. He he, he has celebrity read their, their mean tweets, yes. you know, the mean tweets. They were going to post all the, you know, the Flyers are going to post all the mean stuff just to kind of embrace it. I think they thought maybe better that, but in any event, uh, they're definitely going to weather the storm, and uh, I think there's I, you know, I did the see the video. I guess endless. it must happen the other game.
game. And again, we'll, we'll ask Jim about this. Yeah. But I saw that that Gritty took out a couple yeah. uh, With a skaters. Like, that's great. I love that. Like, he was checking the two into the boards. And he like, like the Hanson brothers when they like, yeah, first came yeah. on the ice. <laughs> he slipped accidentally. And I think people right there just kind of fell in love with the guy. Like, you know what? Look, look at Gritty out there, you yeah. know, uh, falling down. It, you can't go wrong. A mascot can't go wrong if he falls down a lot. You that know, is there's true. A, there's, there's a lot there. And Tom, we, uh, I've, we've, I told you that I was going to take you out on some adventurous eating. Yes. And today I showed you some pho, or pho as it's properly called. Yes, pH. Vietnamese uh, soup. And uh, we went to down on Broad Street. We went to yep. Pho Cyclo Cafe right there. On is that what the name of that place yep. was? Broad was Jackson. Good. It was a good spot, right? That was real good. That See was that? some good pho. See, I'm opening your, your palate up to other <laughs> nationalities there. Um, and it's a pH, so we love that. Yes, exactly hey, right. You know, I, I, I'm not sure when they're going to air this podcast, John, but we have Fan Appreciation Day. Uh, it's, it's Friday right now, so it's coming up on Sunday. We do some great stuff. It, I love Fan Appreciation Day. It brings out our, our greatest fans. You know, it's one of those games I think people come to every year. We give away all kinds of stuff. The Fanatic, <laughs> this year, John, uh, is giving away his now I'm, I'll say it now because I'm not sure when this is going to run it might run uh, Monday but he's actually going to give away his ATV to, this, a, to are, a, are we allowed to what's that <laughs> well I think this is I don't know when this is going to air but <laughs> this I don't know airs on Monday because well, just, yeah <laughs> no no it's all good but it's it's pretty classic like the you know Dan Baker comes on and we've done this before and Dan Baker goes oh stop the music stop the music hey the fanatic has gotten into the spirit of fan appreciation day and he's generously give us given it as a fan you know his ATV, and at that point the fanatic's like, "What? No, no, you don't no, want to keep and it." And they have to, you know, tie the fanatic down, and then somebody else rides off with the ATV, and the fanatic goes chasing after it, like. Because next uh, year you'll be on an electric unicycle. <laughs> right? Well, we talked to Mike Buckholder. He wants to be on a hovercraft. Okay. No, but it's not going to be a hovercraft. I think he's just after 15 years he's getting a new ATV. So. Uh, okay. Good. Yeah. So we have that to look forward to, and I love Fan Appreciation Day. All right. Well, I can't wait to talk to Jim Jackson. I think, I, in fact, I see him coming into the room right now. I think he is. So. And uh, good. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. We got to talk about Gritty. He's, you know, I got to get his opinion on Gritty. So uh, let's take a quick break, John. All right, and we'll be right back. Bring your family to a Phillies game this season, and your kids can play as hard as the athletes. At the Yard at Citizens Bank Park, you'll find free activities like the Citizens Bank Fan Field, the Fanatic Rock Climbing Wall, and even a mini bullpen for your littlest pitchers. Plus, there's the Turkey Hill Ice Cream Bar and a special Hatfield Franks Hot Dog Launcher. It's all new right in the yard at Citizens Bank Park, open before and during every Phillies home game. For tickets or info, visit phillies.com. And we are back, Phillies backstage, and the great Jim Jackson is with us. How you doing, JJ? The great Jim Jackson. Where is, where is he? <laughs> ah, glad to be here. How are you guys? Uh, it's great to have you. Yeah, we're kind of get off right off the snide and ask about Gritty. Yeah, how about it? Talk to me. <laughs> Talk to me about Gritty. What we just, just, just as John did uh, <laughs> you know, verbally and aud- with an audio standpoint, Gritty has pinned the needle uh, <laughs> as far as the response. It's interesting though because. It, it, you know, it, it has, it's a rocky beginning. There's no doubt about it. He got booed lustily in his debut. Uh, and then the <laughs> second game, you had two days off between, all of it kind of settling in, all the uh, social media. And now there's just a smattering for the second, a smattering of restlessness plus some cheers. By opening night in the regular season, which is still a week and a half away, I think he's going to get cheered. Yeah. It's an amazing story because a lot of people just didn't like it. But the minute – the minute the Pittsburgh Penguins 
put out a tweet that was negative about him or any other team or any other city, Philadelphia got mad, yes, right? Yes, that's a, it's a great point, yeah, JJ. We, we, can rip, yeah. we can rip our own That's guy. right. Yeah, that's, that's it's like, like a family, right? You can rip your little brother. It's like Animal House. Better. Yeah, Niedermeyer, I mean, uh, only we can uh, rip our pledges, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know? <laughs> and as uh, you were pointing out, I mean, it, he, he is funny. I do think, though, that you know, you're the best friend of the Fanatic. The Fanatic had some kind of influence there because I saw, too, I, yeah. too, saw the blueprints. Yes. It it became a lot more Fanatic-like after in, in real. Yeah, and I lo- liken it to uh, Jim Henson characters. You know, uh, the Muppets, a lot of Muppets. Just the shape has got a little Fanatic yeah, shape. Yeah, a little bit it, of shape. But yeah. a lot of those Muppet characters are monsters. That's yes, what they are. They're monsters. True. They're creatures. And they have some monsters that aren't real attractive that's looking true. on Sesame Street. So, that is true. Uh, or, or the Muppets. So um, they it definitely went that way. It's fascinating to watch this season. Is his uh, popularity <laughs> when, either. When does a steam come out of his ears? <laughs> yeah, I've only seen know. that once. I, I, think, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, he did that on Good Morning America. Did he? He did it on Good Morning America. What, what, yeah. When did he do the steam? I think just before he like boards somebody yeah. into the corner. <laughs> I think <laughs> the steam comes out of his ears. His yeah, wipeout. His wipeout was epic. Uh, the first day, it was totally obviously unintentional, and it was yeah, uh, yeah. It, it helped when went over the. Fence. I think it'll help when he puts yeah. on skates. Like I, it, yeah, no, he, he was he was much better on his skates. Uh, yeah, no mascot looks good when they're trying to gingerly walk across the ice. It's like oh. Kind of looks doesn't look Has natural. The fanatic been on the ice. If, I remember the fanatic being on the ice. Yeah, times. and when the fanatic falls, I mean, it's uh, you know that's that's what he does. He yeah. falls down a lot. So. Registers on the Richter scale is what happens. <laughs> you know, the, the fanatic one time took out the Pillsbury Doughboy at Flex's uh, birthday party. That's right. Uh, playing broom hockey <laughs> between periods of a. Uh, yeah. Fanatic's got one position in hockey, and it's goal. You just that's put true. him right in goal, and no one's scoring. That's right. I mean, he's <laughs> he doesn't have to skate four around. By six. Come on. <laughs> There's nowhere to shoot. Are you now? Is this a time of year, uh, JJ? You you look forward to with the hockey season getting underway? Well, I mean, guys, the first five years uh, I was here, mm, uh, it. it was crossover time where we would have a full month of playoff baseball into the Flyers season, and then at the other end, Flyers playoff hockey into the beginning of baseball season. Flyers have made the playoffs a couple times here in the last four or five years, but only one round. And, of course, the Phils haven't made the playoffs since yeah. 2011. So we haven't had as much of that. So there's really basically uh, I've missed a couple of games here late uh, due to some preseason games for the Flyers, but there isn't, hasn't been as much uh, the two sports going at the same time. Is, is it hard to go back, especially in that same time, is it hard to go from the flow and pace of baseball to then the flow and pace of hockey, which is two almost diametrically opposed yeah, sports? They are, and it is. There is a difference. I was noticing it uh, as doing a game the other night, and it, it there was a bit of a lull, and uh, we're also adjusting to a two-man booth, too, but it was, there was a bit of a lull, and I'm like, all right, in baseball, you have that, that crowd noise, that ambient crowd noise, which isn't a problem in, in radio. In fact, people are used to that, but in hockey, no, you're supposed to have action. You're supposed to be talking about something, so it's like you have to make that adjustment. The funny thing is, and I'm probably jinxing myself here, <laughs> I don't think I do the flyer Philly screw-ups as much during October or even April, the other end of it, as I do in the middle of the others. Like, some, suddenly in July, all of a sudden, I'll, I'll say the Flyers instead of the <laughs> Phillies. Or in January, all of a sudden, I'll say Phillies instead of Flyers. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm really concentrating on but it. But do you almost tell yourself but, you got to slow down more in the baseball and then rev it up in hockey? Like, again, like nah, more the, more the like, pace? Or yeah, is it- the pace gets you, you know. I mean, there, there are times where I, I do admit when you're starting the hockey season where you feel like uh, i got to catch up to the game. 
I do get that. But when when the when the baseball starts in in spring, uh, it's almost like I'm taking you take a little bit of a deep breath, and it's totally different. Of course, I'm on radio for baseball, TV for hockey, so I'm I'm describing more of the picture on on, on baseball and less on hockey. So that kind of makes up for it a little bit. But because if I was doing radio hockey, I had to fill in for Tim Saunders once, uh, and uh, uh, we had, it was a network game or something, so I could fill in for him on radio and. I remember how much more I was talking than I do on TV. And I was like out of breath a couple of times. So if I had to go from radio baseball to radio play-by-play, play play, it would be even more what you're talking about. Which is harder, the Eastern European names in <laughs> hockey or the Latino names in baseball? You know, it's not the Latino names. For some reason, I have trouble with the Asian names. Okay. Wow. Shinsu Chu. Uh, there's a there's a, a little magazine thing that's now all withered because it was right hanging right over my head. Yes, it uh, the the title of the article is Shin Su Chu. That's who. Well, jo- shortly before that article came out, I was in the middle of a post game show and Scott was still sitting here. He was putting his numbers down in his scorebook, or whatever, and I just couldn't get it right. <laughs> and it's such an easy name, but it was like Shin Sao. Chin, Sin Chu, Chin. and about the third time, I just leaned over. I go, a "Little help here," and you can hear Scott in the back. didn't turn his mic on. He goes, "Shin Su Chu." So he's so, got it. So uh, they they posted that up. Well, uh, Jim, as you know, like when I do the <laughs> when I do my weekly segment with you, when we're talking, whenever it's Latino Heritage Night or yeah, German you, Heritage you, Night, you nail I get all time. the names perfectly right. Nail them every <laughs> single time. Why do I feel not, like you're lying? Not, yeah, Jim knows I'm going to butcher <laughs> one of the names. I just did it last week. If not that, he's offending the wives. Uh, <laughs> In the park, <laughs> I heard. Yes, we did. What did you that say? Jim, what, you tell the, tell the story. I, no, you got it. You're the one. I don't know exactly well, what you was, said. It but was you Bark in up. the Park, and I remember that I was saying that there was going to be a bunch of dogs and humans right. up in the uh, up in the stands. And the wives? And I said, then, I, then I made a quick segue, right. and I said, and the, and the wives will be down in the field. Uh, what did I say? Um, uh, you, even, you equated even some the, the wives and then I the said, dogs. No, and then I said, even some of the dogs. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> so then you're you're laughing and the producer's laughing and I'm yeah, I'm trying to figure I'm out like, what you guys are laughing at. No. Then you're, then you're basically saying, you know, you're insinuating. He was in panic. He was panicking. <laughs> what did they just say? Uh, yeah. You, you nail most of them. What was the, the German? Uh, yeah, Don Bitterlich. Yes. Messed that one up. Don Bitterlich. Yeah. yeah. How about Wolfgang von Funmeister? That's an easy one there to pronounce, go. right? Yeah, you just have to go slow on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure you do. Yeah. yeah I, I don't uh, – the Russian names are are sometimes difficult. The problem is when you go to a player and ask him how to pronounce his name, and Dan Baker's great with, with the Latino names and, and the Asian names here, but you go to the player to get the pronunciation, they sometimes don't Americanize it, and that's the, probably the wrong term. They don't they, – they give the accent that they have with it. So you're not really getting – the way they want it pronounced. In their minds, they're saying it the way they want it pronounced, but it's still coming out Spanish or it's still coming out Russian or whatever. So we have this problem, and we have the problem where they change the pronunciation of their name sometimes year to year. So we have to check with these guys. Franco, yeah. Franco. Yeah, Franco is but he, he but was always Franco, but we never we didn't we just saw Franco at first. But he, it, it, that's been a tough one to get the the main. Uh, the, the mainstream media, uh, mm-hmm. it's been tough to get them to change. And I still on the MLB Network see him called Franco a lot. But, mm. And how about know. just dealing with players in general between baseball and hockey? Because, you know, I, I've dealt with a lot of guys, you know, from the hockey players that come over here. Obviously, I've worked in baseball 25 years. Tom has too. And, you know, what do you see in general between a t- typical NHL player and a, and a baseball player? Well, in, in hockey, I'm over there for – pretty much every day, even though they aren't playing, even on the practice days. Of course, they have complete days off. But it's still not like baseball, where you have a game every day, right? Mm -hmm. So 
in baseball, I tend to feel as though you need to only approach them when you really need something, because otherwise you're going to be in their face every day just to, you know, just to chat, and, and they, it's just going to—they're going to get sick of you. I mean, it's that simple. It's such a grind, 162 games. So in hockey, I think they expect you to come to their locker and get some kind of comment after every game or between games. Whereas in baseball, you know, Freeze Hoskins is in a, in a series where he's. Three for twelve, and you know a couple base hits, maybe a double. Nothing spectacular. I'm gonna, you know, give Reese. Uh, Reese has always got people around. You know, it's like give him a little break. I think you have to worry about that or think about that more with baseball than you do hockey, where it's, uh, you know, it's, a game has been played. You're gonna go to Claude Giroux. You know, you're gonna go to Jake Voracek, uh, and they expect it, and th- there's no problem. But I will say this: <clears throat> the the general feeling is that hockey guys are the best, and I I do not disagree with that. They are great guys, but I don't find baseball. But there are some, and there are some hockey players too that feel entitled and aren't quite as good with the, the media as others. But uh, I don't see it as a huge difference between hockey guys and baseball guys that I hear people talk about all the time. Right, right. Is there a favorite team that you had, though, with the Flyers? I mean, is there a group that you yeah, well, identify with? That's a t- I mean, I, I was uh, – I mean, I, I wasn't here, obviously, for the Cups. Right. It would have been easy to say that. The, the 2010 team was amazing, what they did um, – getting into the playoffs the last day of the season and the, the shootout against the Rangers and mm. then coming from 3 nothing down in a series. So just by what they accomplished, they made it to the finals, that team's up there. But there were some great teams when I first got here, the Lindros years. And, of course, I was new. I was 30 years old. I mean, everything was just... The world was great, right? 90, 93 you started, right? 93. And you took over Gene Hart, and uh, right, because no. Gene Hart moved to TV, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Gene went to TV, and I did two years of radio while he was doing two years of TV. Then he retired, and I followed him. I never say right. took over. Right, I right, never say right. replaced. Followed Gene, and believe me, many fans we were talking about the reaction that uh, Gritty got. Uh, there was no social media back then, thankfully, but I still got some letters from <laughs> right, some right. Flyers fans. Where does Mike Emmerich there. fit into Didn't that, like that change, no. necessarily. JJ, where's uh, Mike Emmerich fit in that? Because if Gene Mike was doing TV. TV and yeah. the reason I got the job here is that Mike left TV. Gene went from radio back to TV, okay. and I went into radio. Okay. All so right. I really owe my spot here to Doc Emmerich because he went to basically into some national stuff in right. the Devils. Uh, and with it. So, in essence, I, I mean, you think about Flyer fans. They had Doc Emmerich and Gene Hart mm. uh, calling their games from inception basically for really through 25 to 30 years of their franchise. That's about as good as it gets. They're both, uh, you know, Hall of Fame broadcasters so they, they had it pretty good yeah now were you uh, intimidated by that when you did get that call i, I up? wasn't because to me i mean i knew gene as a person so and i and i knew i mean he and was he was such broadcast. an interesting person oh, i mean he had mm, so many yeah, and i yeah. never even Interest. compared myself to him so to me i'm just i was coming in now when I, that's when i was doing the radio and i was actually learning from him then when he retired of course all the newspaper stories were you know here's the guy uh, they'd say replacing i never use that word but sure. you know i was following gene hart and you know some of the response you know as we were talking about with gritty new things in philadelphia tom mccarthy can mm. uh, certainly equate to you're, you're gonna you're gonna hear some negative stuff, and to this day, and I've been doing the Flyers now. And this is my 26 years starting. Uh, I, I hear. Yeah, you know, you're no Gene Hart, but you're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they're, yeah, they're some of the, the older fans. And yeah. then I get now, and you guys, uh, you know, probably can relate to this because we're all in the same general age group. It's, uh, you know, I don't remember Gene Hart. You're, I grew up with you, and the person's like. 35 and i'm like what <laughs> exactly no, really? yeah. you know it's like wow where well, did the time I, go when dave raymond left that being the best friend of the philly fanatic you know i was you know right. I, it, it 20 25 years and people still were calling me the new guy the new friend of the fanatic, <laughs> the new guy but it uh, takes a little while for them to, to yeah when, when you are running but into, once they do yes 
Yes. You're, you're golden. You yeah, know, that's yeah. the thing. And I, I, I would I, never. I wouldn't want to be in any other town. The passion mm. of the fans here. Sometimes we go overboard. I understand, but I'd rather have that than than no uh, enthusiasm at all, or you know, showing up late for games or not caring. I mean, there's so much caring in this town. I love it. And I know you grew up in Utica, New York. Tom I and I grew up here, and we were both huge sports fans. And I remember as a kid, uh, we had when the Flyers won the Stanley Cup, um, we bought that album, and uh, we were a big hockey family. I played ice yeah. hockey since I was five. My two older brothers played ice hockey. Um, that was our our big sport. Um, parents spent countless hours in the rinks. Um, but that album, I mean, I'll never forget, it's like any Philadelphian who's of our generation when he's yelling, the Flyers are going to win oh, the yeah. Stanley Cup. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. And people always say to me, you know, what will you do when they win the Cup? And I said, I'll be watching because we won't be calling the game. Right. You know, the networks come in after the first round. Uh, but if I were, and Tim Saunders will get that, uh, hopefully this year, get that uh, that uh, joy because that's really what you want to do. And, I mean, I don't know what I would say. You, I don't want to practice it. You can't. Uh, I mean, Harry, I, I, I was lucky enough to sit right where we are now next to Harry Callis when he made the call, right? Um, it I, People ask me my best moment in sports broadcasting. Wait, save it. Oh. Because we'll save that for the second break. All right. Oh, Sounds good. Oh, I like that. I like that. All right. We're going to – this is a tease. Is that what we're calling that? That's a tease, that? Tom. Oh, that really business. is a tease. I think they have an idea where I'm going. But <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> well, we're going to take it we, – we, we take a break because John always has to go to – he's getting old, Jim. Oh, so he's, he's got to take a break. A little, break. Uh, One of those yeah, breaks. Take break. my Metamucil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do that. We'll be right back. Bring your family to a Phillies game this season, and your kids can play as hard as the athletes. At The Yard at Citizens Bank Park, you'll find free activities like the Citizens Bank Fan Field, the Fanatic Rock Climbing Wall, and even a mini bullpen for your littlest pitchers. Plus, there's the Turkey Hill Ice Cream Bar and a special Hatfield Franks Hot Dog Launcher. It's all new right in The Yard at Citizens Bank Park, open before and during every Phillies home game. For tickets or info, visit phillies.com. We are back, Phillies backstage, with our special guest, Jim Jackson, who not only broadcasts Phillies games on the radio and um, pre- and post-game and uh, does it all for the Phillies, but he also, of course, has been with the Flyers for a long time. Twenty This year, 26th year. That's amazing, JJ. That really is. It um, is. You know, it's I'm funny. I'm not sure if it's a good amazing. <laughs> no, that's an amazing. It's, it's awesome. And uh, John mentioned you grew up in Utica. And I always, if John and I are both budding broadcasters. We always wanted to do this. So when you were growing up in Utica, were, did you play hockey? Did you like hockey? Was that I, your sport? I loved, actually, it wasn't my sport, though. I, I, there was no hockey in my high school. And when, when you're a high school kid, it's all about, you know, what, what's going to be the, you know, you want to be the, the man on campus. You want to, so we had football. I played football and we had baseball and I played a little of that and basketball, which I didn't get too far with that. We had no hockey. However, the kid up the street from me had a rink in his backyard all the time. So we go up there and play, but I didn't play any organized hockey ever, but I was always a four for, as they call them here, a four for four. Yeah. I, I followed the four major sports religiously. And I've never quite understood why we have to compare that. I hear this a lot. This is one, this is two. I had no problems. Following four teams. I mean, who, who are if you're in Utica? Who do you? Well, do you? I was a little weird that way. I, I was. They were New York teams. I followed the, the Giants in football. I, I followed the, the Mets in baseball. Right. They didn't really fit because it, it was in the, the Rangers and Knicks, right? 
I had the traditional teams, and then all of a sudden the Mets over the Yankees. But this was the 70s, oh, and right. I hated George Steinbrenner's Yankees. So that okay. was probably what happened. That drew me, it drove me to the Mets. All right. But that's long gone. It's now, it's now <laughs> Phillies, I would hope so. Sixers. We were going to show Flyers. you the door, Jackson. Yeah. Well, there's one you can still show me the door on because I, I, I did hold on to the Giants. All right. But right now no one in this town cares because the Eagles are so much better than the Giants. <laughs> that's right. So. But uh, anyhow, so, yeah, the, the, those are the teams. And, yeah, I, I wanted to be a, a broadcaster. I, I still remember the story. I was playing football. I was on the JV team at the time, and they moved me up for a practice with the varsity team. And I was only in eighth grade, but they somebody was sick or something, and they just needed a body. Mm-hmm. And so, lucky me, they were doing fullback dive drills, and I was the body being the middle the, linebacker. The sacrificial. Uh, <laughs> you, you're so like here the, I am the with all these dummy. giants around me. I'm going, why? Oh, shouldn't I be out in the secondary somewhere? But that the guy who was out was that, and they, so they wanted them playing their positions, and they wanted me filling in for the guy. And the guy that was out was our middle linebacker. So in the fullback dive drill, you plug the hole. Okay, sure. So I went to plug the hole, Uh-oh. and it wasn't like a full board play. It was practice, but there was contact, and we had a big fullback. And I remember – Filling the hole as best I could. I might have been a little late getting there. And, I mean, I got crushed. And I remember the pile rolling back on me. But I don't remember much for a second. And it was like the movie scenes where a guy gets knocked out. And when he wakes up, all he sees are the heads leaning over him in the <laughs> yeah. sky above him. That is, it's what yeah. happened. I, uh-huh. I lost. I was, I, like, back then, it was you got your bell rung. No big nice. deal. Go take a couple plays off. Get back out there. I went back. I had a concussion, clearly, because I was out. But I went back out there. I had headaches the whole thing that night. You know, it's probably the only concussion I had. But it was definitely a concussion. Nowadays, I would have been out, right? But not back then. But I did have time to reflect. There you <laughs> I, go. I was in the locker room, and all these guys are walking out, and the JV guys, of course, all saw it and were laughing. And I said to myself, I'm not going to make it to the NFL. Right. I can tell. I'm only in eighth grade, but I can tell I'm not going to be. I'm in at this little small school, and I'm getting run over, right? So I said, I got to make it go. And I talked to my father, and he said, well, you, you know, you like to talk. <laughs> You could be a broadcaster. You like to write. You could be a writer. And so I never really honed in on one or the other. But I did like broadcasting. I did the old games into my tape recorder. I, from the time I was a sophomore in high school, really before that, I wanted to be what I'm doing now. So there I'm completely go. blessed. And I didn't Joe care Syracuse which sport. I was just Yes, absolutely. How many great sportscasters right. came from you want the yeah, list? I'll Syracuse. tell you the list. We got, oh, you got the list. You're, you're alumni. You you're alumnus of yeah. Syracuse University. They call it Sportscaster U. The how, cradle how, of sportscasters. Unbelievable. Think of this. Bob Costas. Yes. Mike Tirico. He was there with me. Uh, oh, Tirico? Yeah. Wow. I cleared him to go on the air at the student station. He was three years behind me. I, I say to people, he kind of shot past me a little bit. Uh, no. He, he had you from the second he started talking into the mic. It was like, this guy's going to be really good. Yeah, he's he's awesome. I love yeah. that guy. Uh, Marv Albert, yep. Len Berman, Michael Barkan is Michael a Syracuse Barkan guy. Michael was just before me, yeah. Here's two not necessarily. We actually crossed one year, Michael and I, but yeah. he, he worked at the other station, so I don't I don't remember him ah, in college. How about that? Well, I then uh, two non, not really sports, but Dick Clark and Ted Koppel yes. were really? two guys. But then you had Dick Stockton. Jason Stark is a Syracuse guy, by yeah. the way. Sean McDonough. Sean McDonough, There's, right. Uh, Todd Callis. Ian, Ian Eagle. Todd, Todd Callis Todd was Callis. another oh, one that I, yeah. I, was, uh, I cleared for he went, to, he went to Maryland and he went to yeah. Syracuse. Two years behind me at Syracuse. There are a lot of us. Uh, Dan Hort, who does the Bengals and University of Cincinnati Sports, was there. He was my roommate in college. Craig Minervini, who does some play-by-play for the Marlins, also their pre and post. He was my roommate my senior year at college. I mean, I can go back to guys that were there when I was there, and yeah. there's at least – Eight or nine of us. In it's the business. incredible, and I tell you yeah. what, I, I almost I wanted I wanted to be a 
sportscaster, so I almost applied. I didn't quite do it. I think my dad's like, really, I think he liked this idea. I went to Drexel. He thought it was really very practical, and I, I think he thought that, you know, but trying te- to be a sportscaster. Aren't you achieving your dream right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Are, are you, you a sportscaster right now? I tell my kids. I'm on the microphone. Broadcasting and you're there talking sports. There exactly. Exactly. Now you can and tell that, You know, I tell the kids that now. I mean, I, I mentor a lot of kids who are trying to get into the business. So different now. I mean, if I had podcast back when I was a kid I, I would have been doing one every day you would have been all over that and uh, you know all the all the teams now uh, I, my son's now playing junior hockey which uh, I wanted to get to that that's really yeah. cool so he's, yeah he's just graduated high school right right so he's Gloucester almost taking, taking he went to Johnny Gaudreau's school so he's school. basically taking a, almost a year off or you take two take, years take two years off, off of off of education right I mean you he'll, he will eventually start taking courses online just to yep. stay in the flow and maybe have a little head start when he gets into college but he, his goal is to get a scholarship Scholarship. He wants to play Division One at the least, the Division Three, where you don't get a scholarship, but you get helped along. But he's playing right now in the EHL, which is Tier Three U.S. Junior Hockey in, in Wilkesbury, and they even have announcers because hmm. the games are on what's called Hockey TV now, which is great for me because I'm not going to be able to get to all of his games. I can actually watch my son on my computer whenever he plays. And there's announcers, and what great training for these guys! They're doing it's all about reps, and they're getting these reps. I mean, there were there was nothing like that when I was a kid. It was basically you go to college, you broadcast to your college teams, and then you try to find a job in the minor league somewhere. Well, would you so do the thing where you would maybe uh, DVR, not DVR, VHS a game, you know, videotape a game, and then sit in front of your TV and try I to did. do play by play? You used to yeah. do that. Well, no, but I, there, there wasn't that wasn't there? You had VHS. VHS? That's yeah. about all you had back then. But I actually did the games yeah, live. They, they, they did the games right? live. They did have TVs. Oh, Black and white. Sure. No. <laughs> I think we're all about the same age. I don't want to. <laughs> you might be. How old are you, John? Well, we're not telling age. Fifty-three uh, years old. Yeah. Yeah. We're young at heart. Yeah. So I don't know about time. Same. We graduated the high same? school the same year. Oh, you did? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've got you guys by two years. So, but anyhow, the the uh, I would sit in front of the TV with a tape recorder, do the games live. There are some tapes. And my mom, when she passed away, I, I made sure I was the executor of the will, so I would be the person going through the house because I don't want anybody else. Getting oh, come on, JJ, you got to bring them in. I couldn't find next them. year, John. I, I Philly's backstage. Any. We're gonna the, the <laughs> yeah, hidden right. tapes. It's like the lost <laughs> tapes of Bob Dylan. Exactly. Yeah, oh my, Jim it's Jackson. so funny. It's bribery material, is what it is. But that was my dream. So awesome. I, I'm living my dream. That is every great, single JJ. day. And just to finish that story, Harry, yeah, I was yeah. sitting next to Harry. Yeah. Uh, in the seat, you're sitting right now. This is the best moment. Yeah. That we teased. People ask me, yeah, my best moment in broadcasting um they always ask flyers they ask phillies and it's tough to differentiate i've had a zillion of them both but baseball no question about it i didn't even have the call it was harry who had the call of course and i was sitting next to him and you know here we are world series the second half of of game five and it's it's all right there it's happening and you can tell harry this is the moment i mean he didn't get to call it in 80 so this is his moment um and he, he nails the call, of course. And I'm sitting there. You can see the tears in his eyes. And when you see you, the, the shot of him, of course, was uh, the cameraman came in right in and actually said, hey, can I stand here? And I go, you're going to get bumped because I'm not going to control myself. This is yeah, the, yeah. Uh, nice. But uh, he, he got that iconic shot of Harry with wheels, of with course, wheels. doing, wheel, doing the, the wheeler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when you see wheels do the high five, it's T-Mac and me. That's, that's who he high fives nice. in the face. Ah. But, I mean, just sit next to Harry, and, and that was – that was his moment, and I've never been that excited about any call I've made because yeah, you could feel the emotion, and then, of course, he left us uh, less than a year later. I mean, that makes it even more poignant, but the, the, the fact that he got to make his call and he nailed the call and, and the joy in his eyes and to hug him, it, it was um, – 
that's that's my best Phillies moment. And think of all the personalities you've worked with just even here. You've worked with Sarge. You've worked with L.A. You've yeah. worked with Fransky. You know, Harry. Yeah. Wheels. Wheels. I yeah. mean, just all that, just a lot of fun, diff- and all different personalities. There's no doubt about that. I, well, one other quick Harry story. I, I had to fill in for Scott my first year. There's a great mural of the broadcast is up now in the press box. It says I started in 2010. Wrong. 2007. Yeah. I was here for the first year in the playoffs. They thought I was a good luck charm for the first five years. Exactly. Not so much the last five <laughs> yeah. or six. But uh, but anyhow, the, the, the uh, year I was, uh, it was, I think it was 2008. I think it was the year we won it, actually. I was doing some play play, just filling in for Scott. And back then, uh, they moved the TV guys over to radio, and they were kind of interchangeable. And it was like 2-2-2-2-2. Two, 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 two. So Harry does the first two innings. Uh, Phil's jump out to a big lead on the Braves. Cole Hamels is pitching. Um, I think it was like five or six to nothing. He gives it off to me for two innings. Cole just implodes. Throws the ball into center field. We, we blow the lead. We're down 7-6. He comes back in, and Harry was known for his infamous wave-off of any broadcaster who was on the mic when the team played poorly. And it was just me. Uh, and uh, he, he came in, and he gave me the, this wave <laughs> off. He comes in, and, of course, Greg Dobbs hits, a, I think, a grand slam or something. The Phils go back on top, and it's like 9-6 now. While I come you're back broadcasting? In. No, that was for Harry's. Broadcasting. For Harry. right? okay. So I come back in to do Uh-oh. the sixth and seventh. Oh, no. And I sit down. He doesn't say anything to me. It was I wasn't like, oh, man, he must really be mad at me. And, you know, we're getting close to coming back. And I hear the guy, the guy's 30, 30 seconds till we come back. And Harry goes, you think you can handle this one? <laughs> can you hold the lead? <laughs> and did you? Did, did. Oh, I did. Thank we goodness. hung on and we won that game. But that was a, another favorite Harry moment. I, he was so much fun. Oh. But, uh, yeah, that, that would be it. I mean, hockey-wise, it's probably the, you know, five-overtime game. But still, oh, still the longest game in the modern history of the NHL wow. in 2000. So to be part of NHL and history. And what, uh, what year was that? that 2000. Game? Oh, that was 2000. <clears throat> yeah, that was Oof. 18 years ago. And, and you can't did, even fathom that. You, uh, you had no – you did the whole game, correct? Oh, yeah. I, did uh, I did it with uh, Steve Coates and Gary Dornhofer. We came back from the third overtime – uh, intermission break, and they had finally brought some food up to us, some pizza, yeah. and we had just woofed it down. <laughs> and so they come back, and it got, we were a little bit late uh, getting turned around, getting all set for the, the uh, on camera. And they come in, and welcome back to the booth. And there's three of us. It was three actually in the booth at the time. And I <laughs> look over to, I, I say, uh, you know, at this point, it's all about stamina, right, Gary? And I look over, and he's got pizza. Like, <laughs> it wasn't like it was a small piece. It was right there. Well, how long uh, was the game? Uh, I know it was five overtimes, but how long? The, what was the duration? The length of actual game time or the length of... Uh, yeah. It ended at 2.30. It started at 7, seven so I guess yeah. you have to figure out what yeah, it was. Seven but, hours? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my and, I mean, you, you know, adrenaline's carrying you the whole time. Yeah. Plus, the series was 2-1. We'd won in overtime in game three, so it's a huge game. It's not like we're down 3 nothing in the yeah. series and you're just trying to hang on. We won that game. We're evening the series at 2, going back home, and they're going to be pretty demoralized, which is exactly what happened. We ended up winning yeah. the series in 6. Or we go down 3-1 and we're dead, Done. right? Yeah. So it really is almost like a Game 7 feel to it. And you don't want to blow the call. And Keith Primo's goal was awesome. So uh-huh. it was yeah, – Primo, uh, that was his big year. Of that was his playoff. Yeah. Well, no, no, 04 uh, oh. was his dominant year. Okay. Was that was the year he scored the game. In 04, he was his dominant, really, I think, as yeah. maybe any Flyers player has been in the playoffs in my time here. Um that, Bri- Briere had a good, a good he playoff. He, he, had a, he always had always good did. playoffs. Yeah. We call yep. him Mr. Playoffs. Yep. But, but for one yeah. year, I mean, yeah. he just put the team on his back in 04. Yeah. But, and, and that yeah. comeback against the Bruins was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> I was yeah. sitting right here. Um, Fox, or maybe, let's see, 
that would have been 2010. So it was, it was uh, NBC was doing game four. We're down three nothing, and the Phillies were playing here. So I didn't. Have, we weren't doing the game. So I was over here while the Flyers were playing a playoff game. The, the Phillies game and the post game got done, and I, I turned on to see an overtime. It was overtime game four, and the Flyers score. And I mean, if they don't score, I'm done with the the Flyers, and I'm. And there's a little bit of you that's saying, because you don't think they're going to come back and win that series, right? right? So a little bit of me saying, you know, if they lose, no big deal, because I can get back to you know one sport, because I don't think they're going to win the series. But something inside me, they scored the goal, they won that game, and I turned to, to L.A. and I go, they might as well go win this series now. Nice. And they did. And you know, they they did. shut out winning game five, then they came home in game six, was a tough grinded out affair mm. and then they fall behind three nothing in, in the game gar- seven yeah in boston yeah, yeah well, i never forget that as long as i live either that was that was really That's fun a great one ah uh, jj you've had a, a heck of a run uh but it's not over yet oh because yeah, well, actually we're doing something different tom i've got <laughs> oh, i've no. got some quick hitting it's, things it's tricky. and then we have the real quiz okay, okay. these are more kind of quick questions all right all right I'm gonna. I'll even give you. A, the, Wait, these so are, this is not this is a, part this is of opinion. the quiz. This is opinion. Oh, okay. All right. Then then we have the quiz. So all right. I just and I and I gave four random answers. Okay. There's probably tons of people you can put in here, but I'm gonna give you just <clears> some <throat> quick ones. Okay. Who is the toughest NHL player of all time in your opinion? And I'm gonna give you. A, uh, and you could say one of these or your own. Okay. Rob Ray, Ty Domi, Tiger Williams, Bob Probert, or blank. We have to put Dave Schultz somewhere in the Dave mix. Dave Schultz, right, right, right. Jeez, um, come on, right, John. Dave Schultz. Right. I, can't, I can't believe you didn't have uh, a hammer Dave in Dave Schultz, sorry. Yeah, he would definitely be in, uh, right near the top because he kind of changed that whole role. I mean, mm-hmm. that the team in general did, the Broad Street Bullies, but he was the he poster child. He was like child. the Beatles of hockey uh, fighters. Yeah, I, I, so he I, has a, <laughs> a little song he did, remember, in the penalty yeah, box? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, I, played, I played with the Flyers alumni. I've played several times, thanks to Joe Watson. And I remember one time I played with Dave Schultz, and, and people in men's league would would go after Schultz and to to basically uh, try to get him to get in a fight so then they could go to work the next day and say I fought Dave <laughs> Schultz and Dave Schultz finally said I'm done with these yeah, guys they yeah. keep trying to instigate these fights and he I'm did. done where does Ben Wilson fall in that Ben was guy? a really tough guy right. I mean, Ben Wilson scary was a good one. tough because when he would snap uh, mm-hmm. there was no controlling him Probert would be uh, aside from Schultz, okay. because everybody feared that guy. I mean, Maybe I should do non-flyer. These are all non-flyer questions. Oh, okay. Who is the better goalie? Non-flyers. Martin Brodeur, Patrick Roy, Dominic Hasek, or Ken Dryden? Hasek was the most spectacular. Brodeur, to me, was the best. And I'm, I'm biased as I spent a year in the minors with Marty. This is an easy one. So, but, he, but the reason he's better than Roy, in my opinion, is I think both of them, and if you look at their numbers in terms of big games and all that, they're, they're close, but Marty can handle the puck, whereas Patrick couldn't. So I thought that put him a little but bit But Bernie's back. better than Brodeur. I, yeah, I, Bernie in his two years when they won the Cup, you couldn't get better than Bernie. I there would say the good. best defenseman of all time. It's going to be, obviously, I know the answer. I was going to say Bobby Orr, Ray Bork, Paul Coffey, or Larry Robinson, and obviously Bobby Orr. How do you Bobby, Orr, Bobby I, Orr, I didn't see him in his prime. Um, of guys I've seen, I mean, I'm, I'm saying Bobby Orr, but of the guys I saw, Ray Bork to me, because as uh, Harry Sin and his old gym used to say, you'd put him on the ice whether you were up a goal or down a goal. He had to be on the ice. Yep. And he was he was that good. All right, a couple more. Best team of all time was the 84-85 Oilers, 91-92 Penguins, 76-77 Canadians, 97-98 Red Wings. Or one of your own. Um, I would tend to I would tend to go with the 80 80- one through 84 Islanders. Islanders, wow. Well, I mean, that was when a nice you were getting into the beginnings of free agency, 
It was tougher to be a dynasty, and they somehow won four That's cups Bossy in a row. and Trottier. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But Dennis Potvin, Potvin Billy yeah. Smith. But, of course, the 74-75 uh, Flyers are better than all those teams, correct? All right, there you go. Well, well right. we're, he said non-Flyers. I know. I just, right. I'm, I'm just right. making sure. I mean, the all Flyers right. changed hockey. I'm going so right to put a flyer in this one. Who's the best NHL mascot of all of these? <laughs> the Canadians, UP, the Sabres, Sabretooth, SJ, Sharky, or Gritty? Uh, <laughs> Fanatic is obviously not part of this, right? No, no. hockey. Gritty, Clearly. Chris. At the top right, of that now, here's list. my favorite question. Then we're going to get into the real quiz. Yes. This is a really important question, Jim. Okay. Who would you rather spend a weekend in Vegas with? <laughs> L.A., Jonesy, Sarge, or Steve Coates? Ooh, that's oh, that's a good question. Isn't man, that a good question? I was going to ask you about oh, Coatsy. What a party that was. <laughs> I mean, was, seriously, you got L.A., Jonesy, four of the it. most fun people that yeah. I know. Yeah, oh, I mean, L.A. would have us cracking up. Every Sarge, one of those guys. Jonesy would, Sarge, up. Steve Coates? Jonesy would be, he'd be heavily involved, and so would Coatsy. Jonesy would be Vegas. gambling the whole time. I'm not so sure I'd might not see Jonesy or Coatsy, to be honest with you. You'd wind up in the clink either way, but. That's a tough choice, John. Come on. That is a tough choice. Should we go to the quiz? Come on, have a party. There Come it on. is. All right, here's the quiz, Jim. Uh, yes. There's eight questions. I always go to uh, the area of expertise of our guests. What's he win, John? Uh, you know what, Tom? What should he win? I think, I yeah, think he should win. win? Uh, on Sunday, it is a uh, 3 o'clock game. It's our last game of the season. Fan Appreciation Day, Atlanta Braves. Jim, you're going to win a PGW Fan Appreciation Day uh, Aaron Nola Fathead, which we're nice. giving away to all fans oh. on Sunday. It's got peel-off stickers of Nola. It's got the 2019 schedule and more. So I there you have it. Just the person to give that to. I big Aaron Nola fan in my house. How many does he have to get? Five out of eight. Five we'll out of eight. eight. We're okay. very generous. Uh, obviously, these going to be a lot of hockey-related questions. I'm so. horrible at trivia. Well, so. Here you go. Yeah. Who is the all-time Flyers leader in game-winning goals? Is it Bill Barber, John LeClair, Tim Kerr, or Rick McLeish? My guess is... Bill Barber, John LeClair, Tim Kerr, or Rick McLeish? Bill Barber. Uh, John LeClair, 61. Really? Wow. Yeah. wow. Now, are you sure they, they charted game-winning goals they back in Billy's day? Yes, they some did. stats, they, even though they seem relatively easy to chart, they did not. Well, put it this way. If you're not doing well, we'll come back and, and yeah. we'll maybe give you no, that. I, what goalie did. leads the Flyers in all-time wins? Is it Bob Fries, Roman Czechmonic, Bernie Perrant, or Ron Hextel? Bob Froze. Let's get Froze, that right. I mean. Ron Hextel. Ron Hexel is correct. Yes, I just interviewed him last night. I better get that right. Bob Froze. Beautiful. Sorry, yes. I was in the present tense. Um, who is the all-time <laughs> Flyers leader in penalty? Bob Froze does not run the warning track down his SunTrust. Who is the all-time Flyers leader in penalty minutes? Is it Rick Tockett, Moose Dupont, Bobby Clark, or Paul Holmgren? Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett is correct. See, you know your trivia. There you go. Who had the Some. most hat tricks as a Flyer? Ooh. Is it Rick McLeish, Eric Lindros, Tim Kerr, or John LeClaire? That is a tough one. I'm going to go Kerr. Tim Kerr is correct. Wow. 17. Nice, JJ. All right, yeah. you Three in a row. Very well. I wasn't sure of that What one. did the Hanson brothers bring with them on a road trip? Was it <laughs> Three Stooges movies, Punching Bags, Toy race cars and a race car track and or bicycles. The racetrack. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Slap shot, slap shot in a while. I got to watch that it's again. Classic. All right. it is great. This is my. This is a great question right here because I was looking at the 1980 Team USA. Right. Yeah. Um, did you know that their roster? There was there are only four states represented on the entire really? roster. Four states. Wow. Hmm. Can you tell me the four states? Okay. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Two Let more. Me go through here. All right. You got Massachusetts, Minnesota. I'm trying to think of the guys, and I'm getting all Minnesota, Massachusetts. Now, Mark guys. Johnson was from this one state, as uh, well as Eric Hyden. He wasn't on the hockey team, but Eric Hyden. Illinois. No. No. What no. Hey, there's not. No, there's no hockey in Illinois. Think, see, Big Minnesota. Ten, think Big Ten football. 
Ohio? No, close though. Close to Ohio. <laughs> no brother. Real close. Mark Johnson. Mark Johnson, yes, was from Wisconsin. No? Oh, Wisconsin. And next to Wisconsin that. is what? I don't know. Michigan. Come on. Who's Michigan? Uh, who's from Michigan? Yeah. I'm not sure on that team. Oh. No, I'm not sure. I know Broughton and this guy. There was a ton, you know, big Minnesota contingent. Yeah. I know the Minnesota. I, you know what? I totally forgot about the Michigan aspect of it, but I'm trying to figure out who it was. All right. You've got two uh, more questions. All right. Uh, what team did Team USA play in the 1980 finals to win the gold medal? Sweden, Finland, Russia, Norway. Well, they beat Russia, obviously, in the, the second yep. to last game, and then they beat Finland yep. to win Finland it Finland is correct. All right. Uh, uh, by I, the way, that's five. I think you won, but we're going to give you one yeah, last one more, for a one bonus more. question. Yes. Nice work. Which of these celebrities is not from or ever lived in Utica, okay? <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you four celebrities. <laughs> One of these has never, was not born or really spent any time in okay. Utica, okay? Right. Dick Clark, right. Annette Funicello, yeah. Phyllis Diller, Jim Jackson. Phyllis Diller. Phyllis Diller. Phyllis Diller. Annette Funicello is the... And, and for those, yeah. and for those yeah. under Dick 40... Clark. Was a Syracuse grad who also worked in Utica. So some ah. people say, you're, you're the modern-day Dick Clark. Not quite. He had a little bit over me there. He, what a career he And for had. those under 45, would you like to care to explain who Phyllis Diller is? Yeah, really. The lady <laughs> with the messed-up hair is all I remember. Really. Yeah. Right? Is she still alive? No. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know either. I mean, Annette passed away relatively recently. Yeah. Oh, she did? And, oh, okay. And Dick Clark as well. Just blanket bingo. was from, yeah, but, California uh, somewhere. She was yeah, from Utica. There's not a lot of celebrities that passed through Utica. How about But uh, we got Brendan Burke, who's in the league now, announced for the Islanders, did some games in Utica with the Utica Comets now, they're called. Hmm. So there's some broadcast. And that, there's actually a couple other guys now that moved through Utica that are moving into the NHL. So that's working. They, they brought the AHL. I'm pretty proud of that because when I was there, AHL in the – Late 80s into the early 90s, we draw 22, 2300, and it was the Devils. The Devils didn't put a whole lot into marketing or anything. Well, Robert Esch used to play with the Flyers. He was from Utica, another celebrity. I thought he might be on your list. Um, There's so many. He's not name. quite Dick Clark, but <laughs> he went up there and he bought a team, and the building had almost been condemned by that time. I remember saying to him, Hey, I think I. You make this work. The AHL in Utica. I go, we couldn't get any more than 2,500 people. What are you going to do? Don't put. I said, hey, do if it's your passion, do it. Don't put any money into it. He is making money hand over fist. They've had the All-Star game there twice. Sells out the building. The building looks complete. They've got a suite. They're building a whole rink construction next to it now for junior teams and things. It's unbelievable what he's done up there. Tell Robert that there should be a Jim Jackson day in Utica, New York. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> yeah. They'll go back down to the low attendance if they do that. <laughs> but uh, it's been a long time since I was they there. they got to honor you somehow. You did that for a couple of years, right? I did six yeah. years. Six I did years, every yeah. single game the Utica Devils ever played. Marty Brodeur wow. was the goalie the last year yeah, there. There it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, Billy Garen. There were some good players that passed through there, but uh, I, I always – and Tommy McVie, my, my coaches were Tommy McVie, who was a longtime minor league coach. He's a legend in hockey circles. Herb Brooks was my coach wow. for one year. I learned a ton from Herb. I guess so. You know when they say the line between genius and insanity is a very fine line? Yeah. He walked it every day, yeah. and you just couldn't tell. Is he – does he know something we don't, or is he just crazy? And then Robbie Fatorik was my other coach, and he's a guy who uh, in hockey circles well-known, a U.S. Uh, Hockey Hall of Famer, uh, who helped get me here because he was the one who said, send tapes to all the teams, not just to the expansion teams. I was going to send tapes to the, the Florida and Anaheim teams. They were expansion teams in 93, and I'd already sent them. And he told me after the year, he had all his players come up after we got eliminated from the playoffs on the bus, and he was going over their summertime stuff. He got done early. So he looks over to me, and he's real gruff, so I can't really say what he said, but I'll take some of the words. I said, 
get over here. And he said, so what are you blanking doing? And I said, oh, I've sent tapes out to the two expansion teams, you know. He said, what about the blanking other teams? <laughs> yeah, right. There's a, you know, at that time there's like 26 guys, right? And uh, 26 teams, other teams. There are 24, I guess, other teams. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, you might have a point. But, I mean, I think I'd hear when some guy was leaving and then I'll send the tape. He goes, send it now. Then they have it. That's the tape that got me this job. And there it is. Yeah. yeah because the Flyers didn't really – Doc had not left at the time right when the season ended. It right. kind of came later on. And Mark Piazza, I don't know if you guys remember Mark. Yeah. He used to, Rangers. You know, yeah. He's with the Rangers. He used to be with the Flyers. He, he was one of – the tape was right there. And uh, I got the job off that tape. That's another lesson for broadcasters out there. It doesn't always have to be somebody you know. I mean, I, I got this job off my tape. I knew no one in Philadelphia. Yeah. So um, – but Robbie Fatorik, with that advice, got me. Otherwise, I would have been in Anaheim. I'd have a ring, by the way, though. Anaheim won a Stanley <sighs> Cup, but I'm still very happy I came very here. Very happy. Much better for And uh, Philadelphia fans are, ha- are grateful for it, too, JJ, <laughs> that you wound up here in Philadelphia. You've had a great run. Uh, best of luck this season. I know this is, uh, you know, John and I now, we retire for the next uh, six months. We go to our island and uh, sip yeah. margaritas uh, for six months. <laughs> we and do then podcast and <laughs> You'll be working wow. like a dog. And, I'll be working, but I'll be you know, watching. Winnipeg. I'll be Watching carefully to see what the Phils do in the offseason. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting interesting offseason for sure. Well, well, John, guess what? This, uh, we're going to be wrapping up for the last time uh, in 2018. This is the finale. Yeah, we've decided uh, I think we're going to come back next year uh, stronger than ever. Right, JP? With and Philly's maybe backstage. if there's an excuse, maybe we will do some a special show or shows this offseason. Yeah. Who knows? We'll play it by ear. Yeah, we'll but we play also it have to ear. thank the great Sean Rainey, Sean who is working Rainey. the board today. I'm not going to give him too much props because I'm playing him in fantasy football this week. <laughs> but, uh, but he did a great job filling in for the legendary Rob for Brooks. Rob Brooks. Yeah, we, we want to thank uh, Rob, uh, you know, who uh, has been a big part of this. Uh, Sean, thanks for stepping in today. Of course, Skip Denenberg for our great theme music this year. Uh, Melissa Mamani uh, put together our photo that, you know, that we used for some promotional purposes when we first got started, John. Now we're using thank you, well, we use JJ's pretty face to promote this uh, <laughs> <laughs> to promote this podcast uh, re- record record ratings i'm sure <laughs> uh, so it's been a great year uh, for all you folks out there in podcast land thanks for uh, tuning in and uh, we're, we're really looking forward i think to this off season and spring training will be here before you know it boys so uh, we'll look forward to that so i definitely. guess that's it guys we're signing off for the last time in 2018 and uh, hopefully we will see you at the ballpark next year thanks everybody <laughs>